We Speak English Good has expanded to WSEG-TV. That's right. You can find us on Twitch every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Join us as we interview guests, we do live loops, and sometimes we have in-studio performances. Tune in at twitch.tv slash we speak English good. Also, go check out our sponsor, modedstudios.com. M-O-D-E-D-S-T-U-D-I-O-S.com. Moded Studios has all your favorite patches and apparel. Go check them out. Some of the hottest sellers are the Wu-Tang patches. Get a Wu-Tang patch that represents your country, your sports team, or just your favorite design. ModedStudios.com. Now on with the show. by today's guest, Nick Black.
Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is Mr. Nick Black. He hails from Tennessee, Memphis to be exact. Uh, fun fact, when I originally put out the flyer uh, for Nick coming on the, the live stream, I said he was from Nashville. He is from Memphis. Two beautiful cities. Memphis. I like Memphis a little better. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I like Memphis a little better. Uh, it, it's I, I, For me, I just feel like it's a little bit more low-key. Even though it's like a party-ass city. I just feel like it's a little more low-key than Nashville. But uh, has all the same like love and music. You know, the love for music and, and, and that blues and B.B. And King, the whole thing. Uh, love Memphis. Love Nick Black. Nick Black is an amazing, amazing soul artist out of Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, I mean, he can sing his ass off. He can play the guitar like a motherfucker. He can play the keys smooth as fuck. I mean, he just has it all. He just has it all. And on top of it, he has those devilish good looks. Uh, he, he's a good looking young man. And uh, I, I just had a blast talking with Nick. He's, he's a good guy. He's a funny dude. And, you know, he's just down to earth, regular dude. So uh, Nick Black is coming up soon you can actually find nick black go into the show notes and click around and follow your boy nick black music on all social media platforms he has a patreon he has all that good stuff so go support your boy nick black yes nick is coming up here shortly but first go to rainamystique.com r-e-i-n-a-m-y-s-t-i-q-u-e.com go check it out she is uh, she is streaming on Twitch as well, twitch.tv slash Mystique. She is about to, uh, she is streaming Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. And Saturdays around 7-ish a.m., all Eastern Standard Time. So go check her out, twitch.tv slash Mystique. You can also find We Speak English Good on Twitch. Yes, you heard it right. We are on Twitch. I suggest everyone come on over. If you like the show, the podcast, the audio podcast is just the tip of the iceberg with the content that we are releasing. You miss out on so much. Come be part of the conversation. Come be part of the the, the interviews and, and the discussions and, and tell me when I'm wrong because mostly I am. Wrong in perpetuity. I'm just accepting that in life. Uh, <laughs> that's only because my wife is right in perpetuity. So, yes. Uh, come and hang out at twitch.tv slash we speak English good. I'm telling you, you're just missing out on all the good shit. Come on over. Come hang out. Come say hi. You can also like, subscribe, review, like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Discord, Snapchat, TikTok, all those stupid things that waste our times and, and, and we get in stupid menial arguments with people that uh, we kind of know. Uh, yeah, so let, let's go, go follow me on those things. <laughs> it's good times. You can also uh, subscribe to us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. Please follow or subscribe. 
it helps. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube where you'll find music tutorials, the video interviews of this podcast, which if you want to go see Nick Black's beautiful face, his beautiful uh, uh, soulful face, you can you can click on the link in the show notes right now. It says it says uh, 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 for the video version of this interview, click here. Go click there, and you can watch this video on the YouTube's. Uh, we also have some silly stuff on YouTube's. Uh, now I'm starting to call it YouTube's. Uh, it, it, this is just another way that I, I, I say stupid stuff over and over and then it just becomes a part of my vernacular. So go to the YouTubes and give us a subscribe. You can also give a, go over to the Twitches at uh, twitch.tv slash we speak English good and you can subscribe over there. It'll cost you a few dollars but just know all money goes right back into improving this podcast slash Twitch stream. And uh, any 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 kind of support is very much appreciated, and we have been killing it. We have been killing it over on the Twitch front. What? We have eighty nine subscribers. Eighty nine. I know that that doesn't sound huge, but that's insane. Eighty nine people believe in this show enough to to support it and uh, monetarily. So that that's huge to me and it's so it's so it means so much to me uh, so come on over get yourself some more of me Ugh, that just sounds exhausting <laughs> you could also leave a review for us on apple itunes uh or anywhere you can leave a review it helps us to be found in the algorithm of the podcasting world uh it, it just makes us more searchable more findable uh, and, and it lets people know that they can come on over and trust us and hang out, do things over here. Okay, let's see. what. Who do we... Okay, so Nick is today's release on the podcast feed. I don't know who's coming up next week on the podcast feed. But today on the stream, twitch.tv slash we speak English good at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have Wonky Tonk, who is a wonderful singer and songwriter out of Kentucky. Um, just, I've been looking into her. Her music's awesome. She has like super, super, like she just has super vibes going on. So I'm super excited to talk to her. She's not a music streamer, which, um, which seems, it, it's like, it's like, I feel like all I'm doing is talking to music streamers anymore. So she's not a music streamer, which is great. I'm glad because I want, because I want, I'm trying to get both shows to sort of work together here. So I want to be able to talk to music streamers on Twitch and people want to come over and see their favorite music streamer be interviewed. But also I want people to come over and see people outside of the Twitch world. And, and because, because Twitch is such a supportive community and I love it. And so anytime I can get some attention on a artist, that I think is uh, amazing or, or has potential or whatever the situation is, I want people to go and actively give them some love. And Twitch is so good for that. Uh, Twitch just has such an active community of people who are, are, are actively looking for uh, you know new music 
and looking to support people and that's what i love about twitch it's just very supportive community and i i, I super duper appreciate that so again here's the hard pitch come on over the twitch <laughs> here's the hard pitch come on over to twitch i won't i won't start rapping songs at you okay that is enough out of me let's jump on over to nick and i will see you guys on the other side for the wrap the wrap up all right everybody put your hands together for nick black music Loving you, Nick. They're loving you. Is that is that like crazy loud in your ears? No, it's good. It's oh, okay, good. good. It's good, perfect. Good. I like the louder that is, the better. Because I haven't <laughs> actually heard that in a year. Now. <laughs> uh, the last time I heard it was March of last year. Wow. How how is that affecting you? I mean, I mean, how is that the... deeply and terribly? Well. I mean, especially like, I mean, I know that you probably don't do this for the adulation, but it helps. Uh, I mean, like, what, 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 how's it been for you to like be away from the stage like this? Because it, from what I gather, it looks like you were just, you look like you're one of those young dudes who just caught on real quick to the guitar and singing and you're, uh, and you just took off and you just kept going. Uh, and you've been doing it for a long time and, and you look so freaking young. You look like you're like 22 or something. I, I have well, no... jeez, man. You, you look... <laughs> I swear to God, if you didn't have that beard, I would think that you were like like 18. No offense or anything. I, I mean, you just... No. I mean, you're a handsome devil, you. Um, but I, I, uh, I, I'm just... I'm curious from someone who has been doing it for so long... And then just to be cut off from that, what was that experience like for you? Um, so I, I, you know, I, I deal with my issues through through music, and I, it, any anybody that is a performer understands how weird it is to get up and sing for the approval of strangers. Like that's yeah. just a it's a, <laughs> it's it's a so strange sweet. business that we're in. But man, um, I wasn't ready at all. We were actually. Um, we were on the, we were on tour and we were two days out from playing our first show at Berkeley college of music in oh, Boston. And, oh, and come on. We were, we were, we were we, yeah, we were, it was a big deal. We were going to be playing we had this awesome artist opening up for us and we had promoted it all throughout the city and everything. And I was really looking forward to it. And Berkeley was along with Harvard. They were the first two colleges that were like, everybody go home. You know, they didn't even play, man. They didn't say stay in the dorms. They said, everybody go home. <laughs> everybody. Everything is canceled. Wow. Everything is canceled. And we were sitting in New York City um, up on a rooftop with some buddies at a party. <laughs> and I got an email and I was just like, what the hell? And I showed it to my band and they were, you know, we were just stranded, man. So oh. we uh, we kind of hobbled our way back to Memphis, played a couple of shows, but it felt really weird, you know, because yeah. it felt like people were people knew what what was happening mm -hmm. and people were going out in open rebellion <laughs> even then yeah of of this you know scare at the time that's what everybody was calling it this uh, like right. a a scare it wasn't even a pandemic yet it was a scare yeah it's weird 
No, it is weird. It is weird. And, and if anybody has any questions for our guests, I know there's some new people in here. So if you have any questions for the guests, uh, please do drop them in the uh, use your fresh bars or the channel points. Um, they're only one channel point to ask a question. So I'm sure you can afford it. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, please do. If you have questions for Nick, drop them with the, the channel points. It just makes it easier for me to keep track of them. So um, yeah, Chad, I see you. I'm watching you. So, so <laughs> he uh, sees you, Nick sees you. So, so we ready. We ready. We're ready for it. Uh, no, that that is a weird thing. How did you personally take it? Like after you know, after you realized what was going on and your schedule started to become empty, what? How did what? How, what did you? What was that process like for you? You just have to reevaluate everything. Everything that you that you have sort of leaned upon. Our entire industry is based on congregating and people coming together. So when that gets removed, what do you do? You know, how do you, how do you survive? And the first thing I had done some live streams before, um, with one of my, uh, one of my, the agencies that I work with, I had done a, like a charity live stream thing. And of course that was, you know, with my phone and my, my Bluetooth speaker. And so I was like, okay, well, what does this look like? How do we move forward? If we can't congregate, what do we do? And my wife saw that I was, kind of down and depressed. And she was like, you know what we should do? We should do a Facebook live TV show where I cook dinner and you sing just like you do. Like just bring your guitar in the kitchen and you sing and we'll hang out with everybody and we'll call it cooking and crooning. <laughs> and I was like, there we go. And it like my obsession with cameras and OBS and just streaming in general was, was born from mm -hmm. that. And then I started watching streamers on Twitch and that led into me being like, man, I want to start, I want to start from scratch somewhere. Yeah. And Twitch was like the perfect spot. That those, that I started watching some of those that episodes. I, I love it, it. It does seem like that was like something for you to focus on because like, it, not only did you guys shoot the content itself, but you made like an intro like you did, you made graphics. Yeah. You made a, you made you made a you made a theme song with like a with a B three yep. in it. <laughs> so like, yep. it was like it was a good song. It was a good solid song theme song. So like that idea of of sort of distracting yourself and putting yourself into a project, whether you know, just like it, it just it, it that that alone is what helped me get through it too. That idea of sort of shifting perspectives because. In those first days, um, you know, our, we're, all our gigs are gone, tours are off, you know, everything's done. It's like, oh, okay, so now what? Who am I now? And luckily, I had the podcast. I've had this podcast for like seven years now. So, like, I was like, well, I guess now is the time to sort of build this out. So, I started working on my website and like making things look nice. And that's what sort of led into Twitch as well. In those first, uh, so so, how did the streams on Facebook go? Just in those opening days, man, everybody and their mom was streaming, but <laughs> it was uh, everybody and their mom was also watching Facebook right. streams. So like <laughs> we had we had tons of viewers on there, and it was uh, it was a really good vibe because people were in they needed something that looked normal, yeah. and I guess me and me and my wife in the kitchen. Uh, you know, making fun of each other and her cooking and making good food and me singing. It just sort of like it, it, it brought me back to where I needed to be to be creative again. Yeah. Um, and, and it, yeah, at, at that point it was, uh, God, man, that was probably like April, I mm -hmm. think 
that we st- that we started doing that. Yeah, because after March, there was like there was that week and a half where everybody was like, "Hey, we don't have to go to work anymore. <laughs> like this is going to be amazing." Right. And then everybody, then reality hit. Yeah, and we were all like, "Okay, this is this is not fun anymore. This is not fun." Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not fun, and it wasn't funny anymore. Except for the memes; those memes in the in the first days of the pandemic were fucking amazing. <laughs> those memes were amazing. <laughs> uh, the internet knows how to show out. Uh, the, oh yeah, the the that Facebook. Thing, uh, it's funny because me and my wife did a similar thing. Is we did something called Quarantine Sundays, where we played some songs and played games and like did some fun stuff on Facebook. Um, until we found out about Twitch, and then and then what we were noticing too in those beginning days, where like all of our musician friends were all on Facebook, and everybody was doing it, and and for the most part, a lot of people were paying rent off Facebook streams. Um, I know a lot of my friends were like really doing well off tips and you know stuff like that. Where, where did you guys do okay in that department as well? Yeah, and you know, luckily, Lena and I have we're we're very diverse in the mm-hmm. things that we do outside you know like outside of what people see right on, you know social media so um we were we were you know completely fine as far as that was concerned mm-hmm. um and honestly what cooking and crooning ended up what we did and i think we started this like the second week or something because we did it we we started doing it twice a week and then we went to once a week um and then but yeah, like the second time we did it, we just started raising money for for other causes. So I mean, we raised money for Beirut. We raised money mm. for No Kid Hungry. We raised money for um, a couple of theaters and venues here in town. Um, we just wanted it to be a place of positivity mm. and a place where people that felt sort of helpless at the time could feel like they were making a difference in some way. Right, right. Yeah, that that's nice. That's really nice. And and that you guys were in that position where you could raise money for people who really needed it. And, uh, you know, that that's beautiful. It's beautiful to be in that position. And how lucky. Uh, we got a question from Jesse Breakpoint. And that's, uh, what was the, your 30 day challenge all about? Uh, that's my dude, Jesse. Uh, so after we started cooking and crooning, we went into, uh, I, I was looking for something new, man. I was looking for a place I could start over that wasn't Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter that didn't have some sort of idea of what I was, you know? And so I started watching gamers on Twitch and I started watching what they were doing and how there was this like wonderful, like very unique to Twitch interaction between the streamer and the chat. There was, there's more than just talking, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's real interaction. And so, yeah, I, I decided to stream on Twitch and I knew that I needed something to, to jump off of, you know, instead of just like turning on the camera and seeing what happened, right. which is, you know, essentially what we all do every time. <laughs> right. But um, I wanted to make sure that I had something that was a purpose, you know? So I, I started off Twitch with something called the 30 day challenge. And what that was, was I took samples. I got samples from all over the country and a a few from outside of the country from friends of mine, musicians, keyboards, bass, uh, vocals, drums, people beating on, you know, the, the table that like whatever they wanted to send in, I got, I got 40 or 50 of them. Mm -hmm. And I went through and I, I chose samples and one, once a day for every single day for 30 days, I streamed for between four and five hours and wrote a new song every single day. Whoa. And 
it was intense, man. It was really intense. And actually, I ended up going for 45 days straight, oh. um, except for Blackout Tuesday. Oh, okay. And, and then you stayed off on Blackout Tuesday? Well, you stayed off on Blackout Tuesday, and then I think I went like 15 more days, or it, it was whatever, 10 more days. And then I went on a little vacation after that. And then I kind of went to four or five days a week instead. Mm. But for me, man, getting to flex my, having to flex my riding muscle and forcing myself to use Ableton, which was new to mm. me. Um, and being on Twitch and interacting and like figuring out how to do what I was doing and amassing, you know, stream deck and, and like all, all the, the things that you need to make it happen. It was an obsession that I needed. Yeah. And uh, so Twitch has, Twitch is like, has saved my life, man. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. No, I know, I know. I hear it a lot. <laughs> I hear it a lot. I mean, uh, tell me how how did it save your life? It kept me from falling into my mind. Yeah. It, it gave me some. It gave me somebody to talk to when my wife was at work, and you know, I couldn't. I couldn't just bother my band all day long like i couldn't just you know be be sending them stuff with no to you know with no purpose in mind i needed i have to i have to have pressure there and so to have the chat there with me being like nick that sounds like garbage or you know like here's a here's a here's a lyric or something you can use having having that pressure is is really necessary for me to to write um, it's the same pressure that I feel when I'm on stage. It's a little different, but it's that same pressure to perform that yeah. I feel like I have to have to, uh, to do something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, uh, are you, um, are, are you from a big family or a little family? Uh, I don't know. Medium. I'm a pretty medium person <laughs> in all honesty, like outside of, outside of the shows and social media, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm I'm pretty medium, man. Like I, medium. I've got a, I've, medium. I've got a younger sister. I've got uh, my dad. It was an English teacher for 30 years. My mom's a physical therapist, but my mom plays bass and piano. And nice. my grandfather was a preacher, and my grandmother was a, was was a teacher, and they both had two kids. So it's a very nuclear type situation, you know. Yeah. Kind of like uh, if the U.S. Census had an average, we were it. Like. Mm. Yeah. So, so nothing, nothing exciting there except for, you know, um, just that, I don't know. I I had a perfectly normal childhood. I feel like people come on here and they're like, I have some crazy story Mm. um, to tell. (laughs) And my, my crazy story is the people that I'm surrounded by Mm. because the, the band and the musical family that I've made, they're the ones that inspire me. Like that's the way that I keep, my head on my shoulders is having a band that'll turn around and be like, man, you, you know, whatever that like, they'll, they'll check, they'll check the shit out of me. So yeah. like, can we curse on here? Sorry. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, cool. Cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, they'll, they'll, we all keep each other grounded. Yeah. And they're the ones I try to tell their stories. You know, I try to make it to where there are, they have opportunities and mm-hmm. I try to make it to where, this is a showcase of it's not just me out in front, you know, mm. doing my thing. Like they could play me under the table any day. Like that most of them could sing me under the table any day. So it's just about it's about sharing. Yeah. And like us being together as a family. 
Yeah, I, I I feel you though. I feel you on that uh, that pressure of performance to, as a motivator is is just. That, I, I was just like wondering if you're like a, the youngest of like a big family or something, you know? Because like a lot of times youngest have to like, look at me, look at me, look at me. I, I but um, you know it, it, it. By the way, I don't I don't I don't know about if people come on here telling their messed up stories, but it, I mean sometimes we do hear about messed up stories, but. <laughs> That's not what I'm trying to do. Uh, in any case, I, I appreciate you, um, you know, telling us what you have. Uh, but the that that pressure to perform and, and to to uh, that that shit motivates the hell out of me because otherwise I feel like I'm not really I don't really feel like doing anything. Like I like I don't. It's weird. It's like if I don't have that pressure on me, it's like I'll just sit there and watch TV, which is so boring. But <laughs> I, I don't know what. What are those moments like when you aren't motivated to make or, or or to, you know, perform? That's a really good question, bro. Uh, was I? Um, they're they're pretty dark, mm. honestly. Um, you know, I, I like that. I grew up with it with a with a great family, and every family has its issues and all that. And um, we all decide to perform for different reasons. So the, the moments where I, I feel unmotivated are uh, less than, than, than they used to be, mm-hmm. but because I have something, I have, I have people that I can talk to, you know, yeah. like I, I, I try to make myself busy and my wife points this out to me all the time. She's like, you make plans to make plans. <laughs> and it's, 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 a, it's like, it's like an, uh, an obsession that I have, yeah. um, where I have to, at, at the end of the day, I want to go out and do stuff. And she wants, she wants to sit at home and she's like, can we just watch Downton Abbey or something like <laughs> yeah. that? You know, can we just, can we just chill and right. watch, can we please just Netflix and actually chill? Right. You know? and I, I'm like, I'm like, but, but you know, Daryl and peanut are coming over and we're going to stream for five hours. And she's like, she's like, Okay, cool. <laughs> you know, All right. Well, I guess I'll see you not, tomorrow. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you sound like you know what I'm talking about. Oh, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Married uh, for 10 years. Nice, man. Nice. Um, but it's, it's, you, you have to push past them. You don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Those moments, if there's anybody in chat that is a creative that finds yourself in a, in a place where you feel unmotivated, the best thing that you can do. It's just stand up and like do some, do some jumping jacks. And, uh, you know, uh, as someone who's dealt with depression before and anxiety, it's just the first step is just moving. Like that's, that's, you just have to move and then you move another step and then you move another step. And then before you know it, you look back and you've gone 150 steps and, you know, you're 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 sitting with your guitar and so th- there you're at the next you're at the next point and then you write the first words and then you just keep pushing that's that's all that it's about man it's just pushing for me yeah yeah me too man me too because i have that same thing where it's like if i'm just sitting there and i'm not motivated to do anything that means that there's a problem <laughs> there's a situation <laughs> that needs to be attended to 
because it is like I, I I do busy myself and and I do and I I will go out of my way to dive in deep and do some work just to actually just escape from what I'm thinking just because my own thoughts can be poisonous to myself so I will yes. go out of my way to shift focus like I, I, I like as soon as I notice something is going on because you gotta that's the problem is like you gotta notice when this stuff is starting to happen or else you get sucked in. So as soon as things start, you know, as soon as the red flag goes up, it's just like, wait, what's going on? Why is this? What? Okay, let's let's take a second. Let's think about this. Uh, and, and and then you know, I love that. I love that you said. Um, I love that you said, get up and start moving. And that's what I tell people too. It's like if you feel unmotivated to do anything in life, is get up and start fucking moving your shit. Because when you sit, you're you're stagnant and you're you're. I just feel like your blood thickens. <laughs> like that's not scientific <laughs> at all. You know, <laughs> there's no science behind this. But I just feel like, you know, your arteries are hardening, and like it, it all matters. Your your mind and your body, they're all connected. And like, are you okay? You sound like you've been to the doctor recently, <laughs> dude. <laughs> besides my palms being sweaty, uh, I'm I'm pretty decent. I'm pretty okay. I do have some stomach stuff that that just popped up over over holidays. That's kind of weird, but I'm uh. Anyways, this is not about my stomach. This is about Nick Black. Let, let, uh, I thought this was a good question because I, I had the same thought. It was like, what, what's going to happen with all those songs from the challenge? Oh, dude. Um, that's I think from I, Konios? Yeah. Konios? I saw Konios. Konios, Konios. my dude. Um, my dude. He, uh, that, that, that's a good question. So we are going to release uh, Twitch volume number one hey. in March. And um, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm in the yeah, bro. Hype, hype, <laughs> hype, beast. No, we're 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 in the midst. <laughs> thank of, you for those biddies. <laughs> yeah, dude. Behind the suit, behind that suit. Thank behind you for the, the suit. Bitties, and dude. welcome, welcome. Thank you for being here. Um, it is. Yeah, we'll be releasing the first album in March, and then after that, we'll probably do a volume two. And uh, right now, honestly, man, and I can't believe that I'm saying this. We're on song 96. Whoa. This isn't like, this isn't, you know, just like sitting down for 15 minutes working on a song. This is like, that's the number of streams that I've produced a song. Whoa. That's so crazy. it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it, I can't even, I, my, my feeble human brain <laughs> does not have the memory capacity to be like, now what happened on that day? What was I doing in the chat? What made me write? Like, I can't even do that there's there's video evidence like i could pull up the vod you know but um aside from that man i'm i'm just so i'm so happy that we've put these that i've been able to work with people in chat and to get samples from people and um i think the coolest thing man was the first sample that i got from somebody who wasn't a friend of mine yeah. like you know because i can reach out to my guys and be like hey send me a send me you playing bass and i'll make a sample out of that and somebody just sent me something over Discord and was like, "Hey, make us make something out of this." And um, it was a like um, a hang drum kind of situation, mm -hmm. like this really cool like mix between a djembe and a hang drum. And it ended up being one of my favorite songs. And oh. it's going to be on the album, and it's called Priceless. Nice. And uh, it's yeah, it's like straight Pharrell Williams, you know, Justin Timberlake kind of kind of vibes. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And that's really yeah. I love that. I love that you're uh, that you're taking it. Your band seems really tight knit. And uh, do, do you uh, do you work with a lot of the same? I mean, I obviously you work with a lot of the same guys, but you have kind of a bigger band. 
And I imagine that you probably, when you go on the road, that you probably reduce it a little bit. But then when you're yeah. at home, you have your horns and you have all the bells and whistles and you can kind of go out and stuff. Um, have you kind of worked with the same core members for a long time or do you kind of find that you're switching out a lot? No, man. I've worked with the same guys for, uh, uh, let's see, 12 years now. 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. Since I was, since I was like 18, 19. Mm. So it's, it, it's been, you know, there's been some personnel changes that, you know, and that kind of stuff, that, that stuff just happens. People yeah. grow and they change and move on and, you know, like you have to make tough decisions. But yeah, uh, Peanut, I've been with since I was 19. Um, Daryl, I've been with since I was probably like 21, 22, something like that. And no, I mean, those are the guys that you see mm-hmm. here on uh, on Twitch. But as far as everybody that you, you know, saw in that in that video of us performing at the Orpheum uh, here in, here in town, it was, uh, yeah, a, a lot of those people I've known for many, many years. So that's, I, that's, that's where the tightness comes from. Yeah. That, that's great. I mean, just because it's so hard to keep a band together, man. Like, I mean, you, you were lucky that you were able to find a good group of, of, of people that you could rely on, but I mean, that's not always the case, you know, it's kind of hard. No. What What do you think is the, what do you think kind of keeps the same guys in together? What What do you think is the binding force? Sh- shared trauma. <laughs> Doing battle on the road, bro. <laughs> Dude. I, I mean, it, it, you just, at the end of the day, like my, I, I saw there, there was an interview with BB King that mm. I saw a long time ago. And I know I make pop music and do all that sort of stuff. But my favorite, some of my favorite musicians that I have listened to my entire life were kind of born and bred musically in memphis oh that's srv hey dude that's what i'm talking about man that's what i'm talking about this is supposed to be this is supposed to be bb hey that's supposed to say bb but i didn't know you were like that man yeah i didn't know you were like that that. (laughs) i didn't know you were like like you never you never know what people are motivated by and for you to have those guys names on your body that's not Sharpie, right? You no, don't just fuck, do that. No, that that no, hell no. That, I wish it was Sharpie. Jesus, these things, <laughs> these things don't come up. I mean, I love, I love those artists, but do I need them poorly tattooed on my body? No, I don't. I can just enjoy their music and tell people about them, like like normal people. But Coney, you, Coney, you saw that, right? Coney, I, I know you saw that. Did you now see? he's gonna expect me to do that. Coney's is a <laughs> Coney's is a, a, a big blues fan, and uh, we both share a love for for BB King, just oh, like BB you. King. But BB anyway, that that interview I saw, BB said something to the effect of, "I would rather I don't want the best players in the world in my band. I would rather have gentlemen that I know can grow, I can grow with, and have a good time with." And that was always rule number one for me. Like I have to enjoy being around you. Yeah. To make this happen and we took a trip to new york city we stayed in this roach infested airbnb um in in jersey city and uh yeah dude (laughs) and man that that experience brought us together in a very real way that was probably four years ago five years ago um because before that i was playing local shows and playing with other artists and tour touring around the world with with other people and kind of decided to take that that you know what what i learned and apply that to my my own band and that trip brought us together man. <laughs> uh, 
that trip. Yeah. It's yeah. true, man. Trauma will bring you together. It's just, you're on the road. It's, it, I always make the analogy. It's like being in fucking in the trenches, man. You're like, you're in the trenches. You're fucking fighting the same battle. You guys are on the stage every night. You're, you know, you're trying. It, it's a, it's a grind. And, and you either grow really close together or you grow really far apart. Because by the end of those yes. those rough rides, it's like you were either like best friends or <laughs> mortal enemies. Because it's just, what's up, MMA Marks? Welcome, welcome. Thanks for being here, buddy. It's good to see you. Those Joe Rogan. I love that Joe Rogan emo. It's amazing. But, but <laughs> dude, <laughs> it's so cool. Uh, I, I always re- I have to respond. Excuse me. Let me respond by uh, throwing out some nature boy there. Uh, there we go. Hey, uh, but yeah, man, it's 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 a it's a, it's it's funny how people. It's funny how people, when you're looking at a band and they just see a bunch of lazy, dirty musicians and they have no idea, like, the the, the work that really goes into it. And uh, it, it, it's funny it, because, like, when you tell people your experiences, they're just like, I mean, I, I, like, I, I've told people, like, just horror stories and they're just like, I, that still doesn't sound that bad. I mean, it's just, you, you're just traveling, fucking playing music. What's so bad about that? It's like, well... We all had to sleep on a, a a really wet carpet all night, and it was cold. <laughs> That's I mean, bad. You don't, it, it is. It is. And, and we awful. don't we don't really play shows like that anymore. But when we first started touring, you know, if you you driving twenty hours to to Maine to play a show for four hundred dollars, like right. what? Where, where's the logic in that? Right. That too. It's like oh god. <laughs> so it, it's it's um it's those memories. And kind of this continuing, I, I honestly, I think it's like my marriage. I don't try to explain the, why it works, but I can tell you why I enjoy it. Yeah. And the thing that I enjoy most about playing with these guys is not actually the playing with them. It's just those moments that we get to share together. And the fact that I can, I will never get too big for my britches because one of them will be there to knock me back down a peg. Get down there. <laughs> yeah, dude. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sit down. <laughs> um, it, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty invaluable thing I've realized. It's a very hmm. Memphis thing. Hmm. Um, you know, not being afraid of authority and all that. And at, at the end of the day, like, you know, yeah, I pay them, but they're still they're still my friends and they're still my band members and they're still gonna be like, Man, you ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the best. No, saying that kind of relationship is invaluable is 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 everything. That kind of relationship. Like I never understood why people get so you know, like you don't want to hear some certain things because of ego or whatever, but it's like if you're not being told those things, you're going to just continue doing the same stupid thing thinking that that's okay. It's like those people yeah. who can who who you could trust, who are honest and who who you value in your life that that says, "Hey, sit the fuck back down." Like that's so important. Thank you, Raina. <laughs> Love you, boo. Uh, but not even from my wife, but even from, you know, just bandmates or, or just friends in general, like those are the people you want are the people who tell you you're full of shit because most likely you are, but maybe not all the time, you know, like you're able to maintain a relationship. So <laughs> you're not always oh, exactly, open. exactly. <laughs> you know, even if, even if it is based on some external form of art, that's exactly. like how your relationship is maintaining. But yeah. the, the I, I think you have to have at a certain point. Once people start to see that you are, 
gaining any sort of traction at all. And I don't claim to be some, you know, like massive touring artist or anything like that. Like we play it, we, you know, we play our shows and I hope for bigger things to come. I always do, but I love, I love living in whatever moment we're in. Um, So I, I have to have those people in my life because I have to have people that will keep me in check and tell me no in my life because uh, there are so many people patting. There, there's so many people that are going to pat you on the back yeah. and tell you that you're, you know, you're fantastic. You like the, the biggest and most important thing for me is to have people that will be honest with me and tell me that, tell me, no, like I, I released a Christmas song um, right before Christmas and we had written it on stream and the whole thing. And I went and showed it to my wife and she was like, this doesn't make any sense. You just stuck a bunch of Christmas cliches into a song. And I was like, we were sor- sourcing the lyrics from the chat and everything. Like, you know, it, it, it makes sense. I promise. And she was like, it, it, there's no story. And so I went back and rewrote it and everything. And uh, I just found out yesterday that it's going to be featured in a Lifetime movie. Oh! <laughs> oh, man. So, so you took the advice from your wife and sort of rethought it. And now yep. it's sort of, uh, now it's, so, there you go. I mean, it's those kind, of, those kind of moments. Those kind of moments where you're just like, oh, I guess I should be listening to this person. <laughs> oh, man, no. Like, when, when, she, when she tells, when she voices her opinion about something, I always listen. Because Lena is, she's, she's everybody loves her. And so with that comes this sort of respect. And she understands that like when she opens her mouth, people listen. And uh, yeah, I, I, I always, I, you, you know how it is, dude. You know how it is. <laughs> oh, I do. Well, and, and that's the thing, man. If, if Thank you, Willow. Thank you guys. Yeah. Big ups to the people in your life that are telling you you're full of shit. Uh, my wife, is, <laughs> uh, my wife is, uh, is, is so crucial. I mean, like, I, I seriously do believe that if it wasn't for my wife, I'd still just be running into walls in the dark by myself. Like, duh, 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 like you know, just constantly smashing into walls in the dark all the time. Um, well, big ups, big ups to Raina then. Oh, hell yeah. Big ups to Raina for sure. <laughs> Uh, we we got a, we got another question here. I wanted to hit um, the. You're always so patient and kind. When was the last time you actually got mad? Oh, I like this. This is a, this is Who a asked sexy that? question. Willow. Willow. <laughs> uh, um, of course, she would ask me that. Um, I'm just having fun now, everybody. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that host, Mark. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Thank you, Mark. Um, I think the last time I was angry, uh, I don't remember the last time I was angry. Like, like really, really angry. Um, I'm not fronting. I promise. Like, I don't. Yeah, that that's such a tough question, dude. Because my whole my whole state of being is based on i want to have i want to have more patience than anybody should ha- you know in their own right have like that's that's always been kind of my my thing cuz i've got i've got family members that have this much patience <laughs> like like that much just like pow and as a you know seeing that as a kid like you want to 
you want to, you want to dial your patients up all the way. You're like, you're like you, you either, you either like are like that or you're the opposite of that, you know? And, um, yeah, I try to, I try to, I learned from my grandfather at a very young age that the key, the key to being the type of person you want to be is to just sit and listen. Um, which is the opposite of Twitch. So I don't, you know, maybe I'm a hypocrite, but like, you know, you just get on and you just talk for four hours, but no, but, but time, you are listening. You are listening. There's a response and, and, a, and a I think, back and forth. I think the last time I, I got angry, like in a split second, one of my birds just like took a dump on my head. I think that that's, <laughs> like, that's like, that's what I'm pretty sure that's what it was. <laughs> Yeah, that's nice. I wish I could have that disposition. Like my one of my biggest goals in life is to have that disposition because uh, at the beginning of the show, I was kind of telling everyone sort of what was going on with last Friday's um, uh, stream with talking about censorship and stuff. And and oh man, like I'm very quick to react, and that's the problem. So it's it's uh, if I could only get to that Zen, that that Nick Black Zen, that's <laughs> it's because people reached out afterwards and I was like responding with like a really quick. My show's not for everybody. That's it. <laughs> don't come back. You know, it's like, don't come back. And, and there is a part of me that feels like that. But I also feel that there's a part of me that wants to reach that person that wants I want them to come back and I want them to have a good time. And I want them to understand what I'm talking about and not get upset because the way I'm explaining it and expressing it. And that's what sucks is like sometimes I get and then and then I'm not expressing myself correctly. And I'm, at that point, I'm just yeah it's his mouth vomit so it's i need that nick black zen how do i get to that nick black zen how how did you get to that point how do you get to that point where you could just sort of let things roll off my wife (laughs) my wife six 16 years together with my wife wow 16 years were you guys high school sweethearts or so i mean yeah that's beautiful we met we met sophomore year i told the story on stream the other day but i i I took uh i took my wife's best friend at the time out on a date because I liked I liked her best friend and we went to see a movie it was a funny movie and it was in the theater it was I, I was sitting here and then my date and then my uh my wife and then this guy that she brought it was double date you mm-hmm. know we were, we were 15 years old man yeah. and um so I'm dying laughing the whole time and throughout the course of the movie my wife's friend was literally like if I'm here my wife's friend was just like, just like steadily, <laughs> like moving away from me in in horror <laughs> as I slapped my knee at this funny movie. And um, yeah, that didn't work out. And then I, you know, me and my wife went out the next week, and we've been together ever since. That's wonderful. That's beautiful. I love that. That's very nice. Uh, I, I'm wondering what Daniel said because that's pretty funny. Uh, the recommend. Uh, I recommend an ultrasound guided cir- curcumin. What is curcumin? Oh, curcumin. Is that how you say that? Oh, yeah, yeah, because he's talking about food. Okay. I re- recommend an ultrasound guided curcumin ghee enema for you when it comes to healing your depleted kidney and improving your rectal health. Hope that helps. Was helpful, mate. Yeah, that's pretty helpful. I've heard that like coffee enemas are good for uh, your liver. Mm. I, really? Yeah. Yeah. Coffee enemas, but you want the raw coffee, the un uh, the unroasted coffee. So when they're still green, you want to make a, like a you know like make a, like you're making coffee. Put it in an enema bag, 
and you put your legs over your head like that. Yep. Keister that thing and uh, hello, good liver. Butt health. chug it. <laughs> Thank you. That was very eloquently put. Butt chug it, everybody. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, let's see. That's a beautiful love story. That is a beautiful love story. Coffee enemas are uh, pseudo. <laughs> Thank you. Bango Bright, what's up? Was it really Mango? Was it really You nailed it on the head. Yes. It was it was the Wait, did somebody else say did somebody give it did Willow say Napoleon Dynamite or something? Was it Hey, my wife is in chat. <laughs> oh, hey, what's up? Is that Lena go it, Twitch to troll Nick? Oh, okay. Lena got Twitch to troll Nick. Yep. Nice, nice. Lena, welcome, welcome. Thank you for being here and thank you for bringing us such a zen human being to talk to i'm trying to get oh. i'm trying to learn his zen how do i get please to don't get zen? me in trouble please don't get me in trouble <laughs> i was going to guess it for real huh? that was a movie i remember from the early teens what oh the 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 quote what i depended on mark is confused <laughs> uh well welcome lena thank you for being here i appreciate it and supporting your uh, your hubby here uh can you play a couple songs from your twitch streams um I don't know how he'll do that, but I mean, I can maybe. send you a link if you want. Oh yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's send a send a link on over. We'll, we could play some. Wait, is, wait, this is the stuff you create online, right? Or on on stream? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this, this is stuff all, that's unreleased, so unreleased? no chance yeah, of getting DMCA'd. Bring that <laughs> shit. Bring that shit. Let's do it. Like the people want to hear what's going on. I have no problems with that. Let's see here. So I'll send you one. Is it cool if I I'll copy it into? Uh, man, I'm just gonna copy it into the Twitch chat. Per oh yeah, that works too. Uh, it might get mad at you for dropping a link. But oh, you know. think it will? I don't know. I can't remember. I, I can't remember if you can drop a link or can't. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to drop a link in the chat, let's see what happens. Yeah, there it is. You just can't click on it. Okay, no problem. That's easy. Copy. All right, and this is a. What drop. do you mean? I can, I can click on that. Oh, can you click on it? Oh, yeah. I, ge I guess anybody could just drop links in the chat now. <laughs> I think I think Raina Raina just gave me permission uh, right when I did it. Oh, because Raina's a good mod. That's right. All right. Raina's a wonderful mod. Raina's Raina's the best mod. She's much better than I. <laughs> it's like people have to tell me. It's like, hey, there's trolls. Oh my god, I'm sorry, everybody. Sorry. Yeah. So this is the one I was telling you about, where the uh, a wonderful uh, just a fan sent me a a, uh, a sample over Facebook Messenger of her playing this kind of hang drum thing, mm. and me and my co-producer, I brought him over that day, and we just kind of went ham on it. So this is that whenever you play, it, it's called Priceless. Priceless. Here we go. Gas me up. The way she moving right to left Her body flowing Got me running out of breath Well, she a winner She got the trophy in the case Judge sake, a perfect dinner No competition in the race I've been all over the world And i never seen nobody like you While every eye is stuck on can do. I know she knows I'm digging on 
to it we got to listen to music lovely lace we got to listen to music can you believe it <laughs> for what <laughs> we got to listen to music on stream lovely lace welcome welcome and everybody lovely lace is the is the wonderful mod i was talking about if you have any questions for cypher deluxe ask either one of our mods but lovely lace is the mc of the the whole cypher deluxe so get with her or get in the discount uh yeah that was dope all right I'm going to turn off the emo wall, guys. <laughs> that was just for the song. <laughs> I'm going to turn it off just so, uh, just so we can, uh, so we can uh, talk without distraction. But I thought that would be fun to have a little emo wall action for uh, that song. Um, yeah, man, that, that's awesome. So that was, the, that was the sample from the hang drum. The, like, yeah, I, I don't know if it, the hang drum is a thing that makes like tones. It, it's like a it's like a djembe or something that is she it, sent me. I didn't know what it was. Is it like a cajon or something? Let me let's hear yeah, something it. like let's that. Let's just hear it yeah. again real quick and just try to decipher what it is. You guys can let us know if you guys know what the instrument is. I think she knows it's like, it. Boom, 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 the way she's moving right to left. Her body flowing. Got me running out of breath. I definitely hear the djembe. Definitely hear the djembe. Cool, man. Yeah, I. Yeah, I I think it's a I think it's a djembe possibly, but she sent it to me and I was like, absolutely, yeah, absolutely doing this. You're doing that's fun. That's fun because you don't really hear djembe's. What's up, Yeet Boy? Sorry, I, did, I, did, I just saw you there. Uh, yeet Boy, what's up, man? Yeet, uh, Yeet Boy, uh, good to see you, brother. Uh, so, what was that? What was I going to ask you? So they sent you that sample, and well. What the funny thing is that you don't really hear that kind of mu- uh, that kind of sounds in that kind of music. You don't really hear a lot of djembe's and stuff. So I thought that was interesting that you decided to use that as for like one of these sort of like jamming little soul songs. It's cool. Uh, so tell me, man, how? Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. We got another question. Okay. Can we please collab 
on song songs question mark random mystique oh i mean i answered it in chat immediately i said hey. <laughs> sorry <laughs> i didn't see that i was too busy uh, uh probably just blathering uh all right so I, donkey really, kong drum donkey. the human race yes dude it's the donkey kong drum thank you thank whoop, you whoop, whoop. Thank you for letting us know. Hey, we were really uh, we were really racking our brain with trying to figure out what kind of drum that was. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Uh, so tell me why why soul music, man? Why soul? Like you, you know. Um, I'm just curious. What 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 brought you to soul? I mean, obviously, out of all the musics in the world, you chose this one, and why? Um, it kind of chose me. Oh, I, I, um, I like it. I like it. It chose me. That's right. It, it, it was, it's just what ended up happening through the course. You know, you can only control your life so much, right? Like mm -hmm. people, you, you trick yourself into thinking that you have these, uh, this like massive amount of control. You can, you can, you can make decisions on a, on a daily basis and a weekly basis. And, you know, sometimes bigger than that. But when it comes down to, the people that you end up spending the most time with um, and those that mold you, that's just like time passing that passes so fast that, you know, you don't, you don't realize it. And those are the, those are the people you end up liking the most, you spend the most time with. And when I was 19, I was uh, at the university of Memphis studying music business. And I hit up a friend of mine and I was like, look, I'm looking for, uh, an open mic or like a, something that can get me into what Memphis music has become because I'd heard Al Green and I'd heard BB King and I'd heard Otis Redding and I'd heard Elvis and blah, 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 blah. I'd heard all of that. I was like, what's, what's happening now? Yeah. And this was probably like, term what year, but either way, she said, you have to go check this thing out called the word. And I was like, what's that? And she gave me an address and said, just go into this restaurant and go down into the basement. They have, they have a, a, like a kind of a club secret thing there. And man, I showed up and the music that they played, I came in and it was this very sort of, uh, it felt like a 1930s jazz club kind mm -hmm. of situation. Yeah. And there was tables set up, all stone walls. And it was like a shotgun room to the back and there was a band set up and they started playing Corinne Bailey Ray's Closer, oh, which I don't know if you've ever I heard do. that. Yes, yes, yes. You know it. I had never heard that song before, nor had I ever heard any neo soul music. Oh, And it completely, my mind was just like, it exploded my brain. <laughs> and from then on, I realized that what I wanted to do was something in that vein. And the best way I could explain it to people um, was kind of this mix between, you know, you, you know, you, you get asked and, and you have, you have to, you have to have your bios written and you have to have, you know, an easily palatable way to explain what you do. And so pop soul music was kind of the thing that sort of pop, you know, came out of that. There's a lot of artists similar to what I was doing, like, you know, uh, Alan Stone and Justin Timberlake. But then to explain it, like the best way I can explain it is just a cross between John, John Mayer and John Legend, because I, the, the way that I write is very similar to those, to those two and their music. Mm. And, uh, you know, I play guitar. That's kind of the, the best way to explain how the blues influence sort of made its way into my playing. Yeah. You're, you're a pretty good guitarist, man. I mean, you got some licks, you got some chops. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, how, so 
so so uh you so soul got you and then so i mean but so what was the thing that made you be like okay i just got to make this kind of music now like this is what i gotta do i never really paid attention to that we just made i just made the music i wanted to make fair enough did you ever have a time like was there ever a before time where it was like like i'm, I'm fucking i'm thrasher metal or uh, oh dude is, is it, yeah yeah i think we all yeah do. no if, we, if you play uh, guitar so you had went, a thrasher metal moment oh no 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 it, it, <laughs> i feel like you know i went through oh gosh so i picked up a guitar in in seventh grade i was like 13 okay and uh, because of a buddy of mine and he was listening to, to hair metal and heavy metal and death metal. So I was listening to stuff, uh, like Pantera and Metallica and children of Bodom and, uh, Bon Jovi and white snake and poison all this like mishmash of machismo, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, um, one of my favorite concerts I've ever been to was Steve Vai. Mm. And he's, he was, he was my, my, my guitar idol for a while. I learned how to play a lot of his songs and everything. And then something just happened, man. Like I started hanging with musicians who were interested in other things. And I was very, you know, like, you know, you're, you're very impressionable, whether you admit it or not as a teenager. So I started hanging with other musicians who were playing different stuff. And then like, once I hit college and started hanging in the like neo soul jazz crowd here in Memphis, it was, it was, it, you know, it was like, that's what really, that's yeah. where I made my, my current friends and, you know, my, I met my bandmates and that's, that's how that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's not, that's not bad, man. That's, I, 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 I was the same way, man. I was the same way where I had this certain idea of what I wanted to be as a musician and what kind of music I listened to. And then, once you start hanging around with other people and start getting outside of that whatever little bubble you're in and you start exploring the world, it's you start understanding it's like, wow, there's so much out there. It's so cool. But but you've always had sort of an affinity for the 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 old school soul, right? Like you've always sort of mm-hmm. had that thing. Where does that uh where does your love for music come from? I know you said your mom was a musician and stuff. Did did your parents have a lot of music in the house? Was there a lot of yes. mm-hmm. Yes, dude. I, and and just like, I mean, I'm pretty sure every musician, you know, that, that grew up dreaming of big stages and wanting to play in front of as many people as possible, grew up with music in their house to some extent. And yeah, mine was my mom playing Al Green records and B.B. King records and Muddy Waters. And then my dad would, would be playing um, like the Beatles and then he would turn around and play some sort of, you know, some like late 19th century impressionist, like uh, Debussy or Eric Satie or something like that. Uh, we'd listen to like Bach at, at while we were eating dinner. Mm. And um, it, it, yeah, there was just so much music around all the time. Like my mom, she would clean for hours on the weekend because she was working. My mom had the craziest work schedule, man. She would work seven on, seven off. Oh. And she would do 12-hour shifts at a hospital. So she would do 12 hours a day for seven days straight and then have oh. seven days off. So I, she would clean, you know, and try to do life stuff yeah. on the seven days off. And, uh, dude, she would just be playing, like, Sting and Alanis Morissette and Live and 10,000 Maniacs oh, and nice. uh, all these old records and, like, you know, and my dad would come home from work and we'd listen to classical music and then, you know, like older, um, 
older rock and, you know, uh, like flying burrito brothers and stuff like that. It's, it's all, it's everywhere, man. It's, I, it's a wonder that I make any music that sounds like anything else because <laughs> it just, there's, there was so many different styles of music coming at me at all times. And I think one of the biggest influences for me, uh, lyrically and musically was sting mm. and sting didn't have any genre that he was tied to either. Right. And so I was kind of, you know, I was always listening to these people that, that were taking big. And what was crazy, man, is that like Sting's album, Mercury Falling was a big influence on me. And he had the Memphis horns playing on it, mm. who had played on all of Otis Redding's music, some of Al Green's music, these artists that had influenced me by proxy. I rediscovered through these other it, it it all sort of worked together man and are those yeah. guys still working in memphis those guys those those horn players? no un, no they've passed away andrew oh. love passed away uh a long time ago maybe maybe in like the 90s and then wayne jackson uh who i've, I've got to hang with his family and everything we recorded a, a show down in muscle shoals at fame studios wow. uh, a couple years ago awesome. and got to hang out with his sister and talk about him and everything it was is is a really very very uh cool opportunity to have uh but wayne passed away a few years ago oh man that's a bummer is, is there any of that old school memphis soul those players from those old records are they still out there i mean i know they they have to be older now but i mean are they still out there working or, or that you know of? yeah oh and you know the the ironic thing man is that the those musicians that you you hear on all those records um whether it's stacks or high records or uh, uh you know the the beach boys albums and stuff like that those musicians man they still play they still just go out and gig with people like it, you know the country musicians in nashville you'll it, you you never know who you're going to run into in memphis or in nashville like you can go down to beale street and see uh leroy hodges play uh bass for some you know random blues artist or whatever somebody's somebody's just doing covers and leroy played on every single al green and ann peebles and and ov Wright album that you ever heard like he was one of the hodges brothers he was 16 years old when he was doing it and you know he's a grown-ass man now right um but it's it's a uh it's always an education man and and memphis is an incredible place to grow up i always tell people that you know there isn't as much industry here as I would like there to be. Yeah. Um, but dude, if you can, if you can make a name for yourself in Memphis, you can make a name for yourself anywhere. Cause it's, it's pretty cutthroat. Yeah. I, I you know, I was going to ask about that. How is it, how was it trying to break into his name? I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like there's some, uh, I think it's, I feel like it's a little notorious, the, the idea of trying to break into like the Austin scene, the, the Nashville scene, the, the Memphis scene, like these are notoriously music, notor notoriously known music scenes where you really do have to sort of break your ass in there. You have to sort of bust yeah. in and elbow your way in there because you're up against some of the greatest players in the country here. Uh, and, and I saw your question, Will, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, uh, so that how did you end up sort of making your way in? It's it's kind of a philosophical thing, but I mean, you just have to gig. Like you just have <laughs> yeah. to, you have yeah. to play and play and play and play and play and play until you don't suck anymore. And right. then you're okay. And then you play and play and play and play and play and play. And so you're a little bit better than okay. And then, you know, you just keep learning. Um, but for me, there was always, 
people, you know, it's kind of like you're, there's two ways you can look at it. I'm going to stop rambling. The first way is that you can say that you are, you have big shoes to fill because you do have artists like BB King and Albert King and Elvis and uh, Al Green and uh, just uh, all the legendary artists that are from, from here and recorded here. You can choose to say that you've got big shoes to fill, or you can just say that you're, you, you're standing on the shoulders of giants and you can really only move forward, mm. but you have to find that balance between past, present, and future. Yeah. And that's the thing that I feel that music is always doing. Like yeah. It just inherently does that. It's like this barometer for humanity that we use to kind of see where we're at and gauge how we're supposed to feel when we don't know what we're supposed to feel. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say so. I'd say huge, huge music, art in general. I mean, they both culture and music. They both inform each other, and I mean, it's it's such a huge thing. So, so the way that you got into Memphisine is just by getting better and better, and just talking and networking, and and just yep. moving up the ranks slowly but surely, and 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 getting yep. better the whole time. And that seems like the the way that most things are. Um, most scenes are like that. You kind of gotta, you gotta show up. You first of all, you gotta show up. You gotta show out. You gotta show them what you got, and then you just keep showing up. And then, um, you know, like that because it reminds me of that quote that BB King you were just saying, where it's like they don't have to be the best players in the world, but I have to be able to be cool with them. They have to be my homie. <laughs> like I have to be able to call these people my family and, and travel and be with these people in the best and worst of times, and uh, and. I feel like that's that that that's just great advice for anybody trying to break into a scene or just starting music is like, you know, you, you do get to the best that, of your abilities you can, but remember, be on time, be be easy to work with, you know, be friendly, you know, like you gotta be, you you gotta you gotta you gotta be friendly and easy to work with. I was just talking to the um, Ari O'Neill, who is the guitarist for Beyonce, and. Um, jay-z and, and lizzo and i mean she's just in it and uh she was saying the same thing she's like sometimes <laughs> she said a little more crude but she was like sometimes people suck and they're still up on stage with the biggest of them and uh she didn't say people suck she she actually said it very way be- nicer than that actually i don't know why i said she said it crude but she was she did put a little attitude on it which i thought was fun uh, <laughs> but you know some people uh, you know, they're, they're not the greatest, but but they're easy to work with. And, and again, they, you know, they can be worked with. They're not full of ego and, and piss and vinegar. And I think that goes a long way uh, for yeah. anybody in trying to get in anywhere. <laughs> yeah, finding, finding, finding out who you're supposed to be uh, is only possible through action. You can't you can't just sit and think about who you want to be. You have to you have to make decisions and uh be be willing to be willing to go with the flow and don't be an asshole <laughs> don't be an asshole it's the best <laughs> or if you are an asshole fake it and fake act it. like you're not an asshole right it, it's the best it's the best thing you do because like you can be the best player you can be the best key you could be the best musician ever in the world but if you're showing up late you're you're an asshole you're rude to people you know like you're not gonna work you're not gonna work it's just i mean maybe on some level you'll be working somewhere but i've known murderers just complete assassins who just sit home on friday and saturday nights just because they their attitude is bad or they're trying to or 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 they're mr steal your girl or or you know just like the, the the worst kind of people 
uh, that with the biggest talents, and and I just I don't get it. But hey, you know, people grow up differently. All right, let me, dude. Please, you have to be if you're gonna be that guy. If you're if or that person, I should say, if you're gonna be that person, you have to have the talent to match that. Right. Because if you're not talented enough to overcome whatever attitude you have that's keeping you from working, if you're not that talented, right. then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like. Right. I, and and the thing is, you and I both know people that are that talented. <laughs> that you look at them and it's like staring at the sun. Yes. And you're just like, I can't stop looking at it. My <laughs> my retinas are burning out right. of my skull, but right. I can't stop watching you. Right. Um, and and you know they, so like unless you're unless you truly truly are that talented, you you gotta you gotta find other ways to do stuff. You gotta. Uh, what was it? There's a uh, somebody said you either have to be the the best or the most original, hmm. and very few of us can be the best. <laughs> so just try to be the most original version of yourself. There you go. There you go. That that that's good. That's solid. That's solid. Um, you're univer- You're you're a university professor. How did that come about, Willow? Uh, randomly. Um, <laughs> it wasn't something that I planned on doing at any point soon. I, you know, in my mind. When I first got asked to, uh, I teach I teach songwriting at the uh, University of Memphis, and I teach a couple of other things. And I actually led the whole program for an entire year uh, because of some extenuating circumstances. I had to take an intern position, which meant not just teaching, but like advising and scheduling and uh, going to faculty meetings, which is just. Ugh. <laughs> um, but uh, I thought that, you know, that was for another point in my life because I associated teaching with my grandmother and my grandfather and my, and my father mm. who of course have always been older than me. So I, I thought, you know, I'll, I'll tour and I'll make music and then I'll teach when I'm in my late forties or my early fifties. That's, that was what happened in my mind, but man, I found a passion for it. And, uh, through just seeing what a little bit of work can do to impact young minds uh, that completely changed my thinking about that. So I always, even if I am touring a lot or, you know, things are, things are sort of in flux and I have to be available and can't teach as much. I try to do something every single semester uh, at the university of Memphis to just share what it, you know, the, the, the silly things that I've learned that I didn't learn. And it's funny because I'm, I was the head of the same program that I graduated from. Mm. It just like went full (laughs) circle, dude. Yeah. But it's, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, like the, that idea versus teaching versus being creative, teaching versus being a creative as a, as an artist it's like you have these options and people are like, well, I'll teach when I'm not on tour or I'll, I'll teach when I'm in my 40s and stuff. What, uh, you know, like I, my wife is a voice teacher and she's kind of going through this thing right now where it's just like, well, she really loves teaching and she likes, you know, touching people's lives and, and growing students and all that. But there's this part of her that wants to just create. Uh, do you ever run into that sort of that those opposing ideas because there's this idea of that if you're teaching, you're not really creating and what, you know, there's this idea that, you know, if you're a musician who's teaching, then you're not really a musician or something, you know, like there's that weird nonsense, right. That goes around. Um, how, how do, how do you, how would you balance that? How do you balance that? I mean, I know you get a lot out of teaching, but, 
how do you balance sort of that dichotomy of, of teaching versus being a creative? How, how do you balance it in the sense of, of, of feeling fulfilled with what you're doing? Yeah, I mean that that doesn't look like it's fun to do. Like I don't know. No, what no, you- it's 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 just you have to you have to like put a schedule together. I mean it's <laughs> it's something that I've always been terrible at doing, oh, staying organized. Awful. It's like awful. it's it, like and for the first time in my life, I, I said this to my folks in Discord and my mods the other day. But for the first time in my life, I actually made a schedule. Wow. And okay. It, so that's- it is it has removed anxiety that that just like comes with not knowing what you're supposed to be doing or if it's the right thing, mm-hmm. but just like for some reason, writing things down and just saying, this is what I'm going to do on Tuesdays. This is what I have. I have class from here to here. And then I have a break. I'm going to eat then. Oh God, what a concept scheduling when you're going to eat, like, you know, so that you're not dying at the end of the day, scheduling family time, man. Like, you know, finding, finding purpose through like the diversity in your life. Uh, there was a movie, uh, soul. Have you seen soul yet? Yes. Yes. Okay. The whole, the whole uh, paradox of finding your purpose in life and finding reasons to live and how they're not the same thing. Right. Like, uh, and ha- a, having a purpose in life is cool, but it, it, it does not outweigh finding reasons to live mm-hmm. and reasons to live are people and experiences and finding a purpose in life is, you know, that's kind of fleeting. Like you can chase it and you might grab it for a second, but it's like a, you know, snitch from Harry Potter, just like right out of your hand. Yeah. So you have to find reasons to live. Um, and, you know, just, just seeing my life laid out like this, it did something to my brain, <laughs> you know, not saying I don't like have weird anxiety pop up and I have to just like sit and meditate and try to get myself out of it. But it, it certainly helps. Um, but you know, that's, that's not the, that's not the answer people ever want to hear. That's not the answer no. that my students ever want to hear. No, they They're like, uh, so how do I, how do I make it? And I'm like, dude, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the, the, when people ask me that question, why haven't you made it yet? Oh, that has become my biggest pet peeve. And it's like, what do you, th- what, what does it look like I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Like I, I am, I'm living my life and, and, and working to be in the process of making it, you know? And so when my students say, how do, how do I get to where you are? I'm like, well, you'll never, you'll never do that because you're, you're not me. You have to go do what you feel passionately about. If money was no object, was that Alan Watts quote? If money was no object, what would you do? And when you take money away, people, sometimes people's minds are just like, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I would like ride horses every day or something, you know? So I don't know. Does that answer your question? Sure. No, sure. Sure. No, this, uh, that, that idea of people who are like, you're still doing that or like, Oh, I thought you, you know, I didn't know you were still making music or like whatever it is. Those, those questions of like, it comes from this weird place that society has this where like, where we're making it in the industry when the music industry or in the arts means that you're on the cover of Rolling Stones magazine and whatever that means anymore. But like you're, you know, you're, you're on MTV, whatever that means anymore. Uh, wow. I am so dated right now. <laughs> oh, MTV. dude, you have a point though. You have a point because like anytime I've ever been nominated for an award or I've been, uh, 
like something really amazing and like a, a big moment has happened, you make a big deal out of it on social media because it's what it's what you want to brag about, you know? But it wasn't like I went into that month or that week going, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be nominated for a BMA this week. <laughs> like that's, I, that's, that's how I'm going to live my life right now. Yeah. Like I'm going to exist within that mindset and everything. Like I'm all for visualization mm-hmm. um, and visualizing your goals and what's, what's in front of you and all that. But um, man, people, people love it when you just live in the moment. Like that's how music works. Yeah. That's why I play music. So I can just be on whatever is happening at that time. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and and Willow made a great point, and uh, like success is means being happy with what you're doing, and 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 it's like when people are saying like, oh, you haven't made it, or why haven't you made it? It's like, and you're like, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing what I want. Like, it's like people don't understand it. it people's idea of of making it or being a successful musician or artist is so skewed because they think that you're supposed to be this rich famous guy banging models or something or person whatever uh but the but really it's the idea that you are pursuing something that you love that you're passionate about the and 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 that you are, are are making it and you're paying your bills and you're paying your mortgage and you're paying your car payment and you, you know you're buying gifts for your family and you're doing stuff you know all this is coming from what you love doing and 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 that's what success in the arts is in my book success in the arts is i mean at the bare minimum success in the arts is just making art right it's like just make something uh and then maybe present it to somebody somewhere and then you know go from there but success is not being the you know having billions of youtube counts or whatever or views is like it's being able to be self-sufficient doing what you love doing and this idea that that uh you haven't made it yet is it, just it's it's just stupid right it's just it's a it's a wow. it, it's, it's a silly point that that people sort of uh they just and they reinforce it every time they ask that stupid question they're reinforcing that that silly bias that our society sort of painted the uh a life in the arts you know it's like if you go into the life of the arts you always hear from parents or whatever it's like uh, my parents i always bring this up my parents always says like go into the arts they always encourage me but go to college and 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 learn about a career uh, that that's useful. So when you inevitably fail from music, you'll have something to fall back on and be miserable for the rest of your life. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And I tried it, but it didn't work out very well because I didn't care for school very much. But it, the point is, is, is that we sort of put this pressure on people and, and from a young age. And, and when you think about it as a society, like the first thing that gets cut from schools is, is the arts. You know, it, when, when you think about it from a like from a, a out, when you zoom out a bit, it's like we even cut the arts out of our schooling first to save money. So it's like we it's like they want you to dance. They want you to be the dancing monkey for them. But but unless you're uh, unless you're millionaire and you're balling out of control, you haven't done shit with your life. You know, it's like it, there's just such a weird mixed message that we send uh, potential artists and and, and y- the youth and such. I, I don't know. That was kind of a weird. Totally thing. agree. No, I, I everybody's measure of success. But what, my success is different than your success, yeah. and that's something that um, we all have to be cognizant of. You know, it, you you said something a little while ago, like 
just the, the bare minimum is just making art and then there's paying your bills mm-hmm. and then there's um, being able to pay other people's bills mm-hmm. and then there's being able to um, go into other ventures that mm-hmm. you're interested in and yeah no I mean there's there's so much stuff that I want to do um, but I, you know it won't be possible if I try to do it all at once <laughs> so you know, I, and, and as far as the question of, you know, why haven't you made it yet? It's always the intention behind mm-hmm. it. Right. Because if somebody comes into the chat while I'm making music, um, it really is. I, I see the genuine question. Like I just, I just happened upon you. It, it's like, it's like five questions in one. When they say, why haven't you made it yet? They're asking, how have I never seen you before? Mm-hmm. They're complimenting me. And they're saying like, based on my measure of what, success would look like as a musician it's you and so like i i take that as a huge compliment my problem is when people they they say it to me like it's my fault (laughs) like i somehow have the ability to just wake up one day and be like you know what you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna call the heads of every major record label get them in a zoom call and to (laughs) ask them what's wrong with them and why i'm not famous yet like Totally. That, that'll totally work. Yeah. It, yeah. It worked for nobody. So why wouldn't it work yeah. for Nick? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's, it's a, it's a weird, it's weird. It, and, uh, but, but I, I like what Skeet says. The one thing that this quarantine taught everybody is how, how desperately we need arts and how desperately we need entertainment Amen. right now. And, um, and anybody who's sort of, uh, on the fence about being a content creator, I would say that now's the time. Like, do you take read the writing on the wall. <laughs> this is where it's going, bro. Uh, do it. Like, I just, it's just, I, you know, anybody who ever comes to me and asks me about anything, and, and it's not like a bunch of people are coming to me asking me about this shit. But, but you know, when when I do get that that thing, it's like it's just when someone does ask me, it's like, what do I do? How do I get there? What do you do? It's like, you just start doing it and and just show up and be consistent and and work, you know, like focus, you know, like you have to focus on what you're doing and and it's a lot and people don't, and not a lot of people want to do that. And then that's, well, that's on them, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. Um, When you're, when you're teaching your classes, uh, your songwriting classes, what's like the first thing that you teach in songwriting? Because songwriting can be kind of a obtuse subject, Uh, you know, like starting a song can come from a myriad of directions. So where do you start? Uh, It's a, it's a personal journey for sure. But with my class, I have to be cognizant of the fact that they are music business students and some of them have no musical inclination at all. Mm. They just love music and they want to work at a publishing company or they want to be an agent or they want to, you know, they want to be able to further someone else's career as a manager or something like that. So I have to, you have to start from square one, man, creative writing. Like you have to be able to put your feelings on the page. And so the first exercise that I give my students, we talk about emotion and how that rules uh, that rules what music you're listening to, what decisions you make, what, you know, whether you are, are, as you call me, Zen, or you just make snap spitfire decisions and, you know, bite people's heads off. Like those are all emotionally driven decisions. And so I get them to write just to tell me a story. 
because that's what songs are. They're just stories in, in, in their, in their, in the most kind of beautiful abstract way. If you can adequately tell me a story about something that came to your mind, then that's the first step. You have to be able to tell me a story because if you can't succinctly tell me a story and I'm not talking about them sitting across from me, just being like, well, you know, I want them to be able to take a memory and put it down on paper. Some people can't do that, Mike. And it blows my mind. Yeah. So it's a, it's a simple thing and it starts off just like that. So I want to make sure that I'm pulling in, like I'm casting a super wide net. And then the next step is pulling in emotion. So I get them to, to first tell me a story. Then I get them to write about, we talk about anxiety uh, because, you know, most Gen Z, uh, all my students are Gen Z at this point and they are all dealing with anxiety and depression. And uh, they have friends that have, you know, um, done horrible things to themselves and, and they still, they don't understand why, but, um, and that's a whole nother social media and all that. that does, that's a whole nother d- discussion. But mm-hmm. when it comes down to songwriting, it's emotionally tied. So you start off with a story. Then I ask them to write a story about something that made them anxious and then something that made them angry. And so you get to these things and then I start getting them to identify emotion within songs so it provides like you want to draw this silver thread through everything to where at the end of the semester, when they have this beautiful song written, they go, how did I even get here? Wow. And um, yeah, it's, it's always a really fun journey with ups and downs and confusion. And, you know, <laughs> you just have to like, you just have to pull it when they, when they drift too far away, you just pull them back. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. So what, what's like, what's drifting too far away look like? Um, when they're not willing to emotionally open up. Mm. And that's something that I have to be careful of too, right. because people put up those walls and we're not talking about, you know, elementary school kids or high school kids. Even we're talking about college students right. and they have really one goal in mind for going to school. And that is to graduate. It's not even really to learn. They want the paper. They want to be able to show their parents and everyone in their lives and their future employers that they completed something. So if I can step into the room or the virtual classroom (laughs) and say, there's something bigger here and you're missing the point, then then they can be like, oh my God. Because even if they do want to be an agent or an artist manager, understanding that there's this huge pyramid that the music industry is. And at the very top of it is songs without songs, there would be no music industry. Right. Like, so we, they understanding the importance of that is, is, uh, is a big deal to me. I totally drifted from your question. Oh no, that's no, you actually, you answered it really well. And that, I mean, you, you took us through a process of writing and, and like, I think that anybody in chat who ever wanted to write a song or anything like that, could definitely use what you just said to like do something. So that's, that was amazing. You well, Mike, you know, what's funny is that I'm actually streaming here in a little bit and guess what I'm going to be doing? Songwriting. I yeah, swear. dude. What, what time do you start streaming? Uh, usually 3 PM central, but you know, man, it's, it's, uh, what? Whatever happens with this, how how long how oh, long no. do you like? Well, we got about half hour left, and it's not going to just be, perfect. We, that perfect, cool. dude. That's perfect. Awesome. That's perfect. Awesome. All right. So, uh, the the I you you were sort of like that's a whole nother discussion, but I I, I kind of wanted. Oh, 
uh, oh, no, no worries. Going to take off. But can lurk. I appreciate Lovely Lace. Thank you so much. Bye, Lovely Lace. You're always, you're, you're, you're always uh, loved here, Lovely Lace. Having been having been in his class, I can confirm. Oh, I like that. We got we got some uh, confirmation Wait. here. Oh, Liz is here. Yes, yes, yes. Edel. And she hated talking about herself. She hated. Well, yeah, it. that's what I was gonna like, say. Like, how do you how do you get past that? That because there are some people who don't want to talk about their feelings. It's like they put those walls up for a reason. It's like how do you get past that? You just do. It's it's back. It's back to the man. There, there's no other way around it. That's like at, trying to explain the color purple to a blind person. Yeah, it, it's you can't you can't explain what that is. So I, you know, it, I've had a couple of students, um, and I, Liz, I don't think you were in this class. Uh, it was last spring. I had a student who came to the class without realizing that we were actually going to be talking about their stories in class. And so in that situation, the student had written a story that was deeply personal mm -hmm. and should not have been shared with the class. And I totally understand that. Like mm -hmm. I completely understand. Um, but for a generation that deals with their emotions, um, that doesn't have the tools to, to, to deal with, you know, their emotions because their parents were all on social media and their parents are all self-obsessed and you know uh they're like we're not we're not from that generation man where like we just like hand our i, I don't know if you have kids or, or what but like you know the it, just handing your kid an ipad yeah. as like a babysitter right we didn't have that no like we go outside right. you know yes like we, we'd actually socialize and so it's it's something and i'm not saying that every student in Gen Z or every you know Gen Z person has problems socializing. By no means am I saying that. They're like absolutely wonderful. And I feel like they're a better generation than there ever has been. They're more emotionally open. They're more uh they're more willing to to see someone else's side of the story, yeah. which is oh my God. Like yeah, that's empathy. that's incredible. Yeah. Um but yeah, I just uh, like sometimes, sometimes, and Liz, Liz, um, Eadel B official will tell you sometimes it's peer pressure, man. Sometimes, <laughs> like the class, you know, I just get them to start clapping, yeah, for whoever it is, and they'll they'll end up. She said, for me, just knowing that the space I'm in is free from judgment and that there could be someone who relates to my story is how I started opening up. And then she had to finish it with an LOL because. <laughs> You can't say anything emotional without putting an LOL at the end. So it makes people question how serious you were about saying it. Right, Liz? <laughs> that, 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 that idea, though, that idea of Generation Z, Gen Z, sort of, I, I talk to a lot of young people. Uh, I talk to a lot of young rappers, young singers, young, you know, I, I'm, I'm constantly talking to the, the youth. And I, every, almost every single one of them is like just, just anxious and sad and, and and you're right, man. Like the 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 social dilemma, I think is is a great um, existential existential crisis. <laughs> the social dilemma, I think, is a great uh, uh, documentary for people to watch. I'm sure if you haven't watched it yet, I mean, it's been out. Oh, it's fantastic! It's fantastic. It's good. I hated myself after watching it. Oh yeah, no, I mean Jonathan Hate. I've been reading Jonathan Hate for a while. Uh, he's one of the people who are uh, who are featured on that. Uh, film and he he wrote a whole book about it a couple years ago and 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 you just 
you know, they're, they're seeing the correlation between the rise of Facebook and the rise of the like system with the rise of anxiety and the rise of depression and, and the rise of, of suicide among young women, young girls. Like, that's the saddest thing is that it's young women who are yeah. really being affected by this. Uh, I, and, and geez, man, it's just not getting better. <laughs> it's not, it's not getting any better, especially with this social media stuff, man. How do you, how do you sort of, uh, how do you balance the social media? I mean, like you're an artist who, who, who performs on a social media platform, who has, you know, your, your name is everywhere out there. Uh, how do you get, how do you get out of that? How do you... I mean, there's points where I just, like, throw my fucking phone on the couch. And I'm like, I'm not looking at that thing for the rest of the fucking day. I hate it. I hate it. And the thought of, like, looking in a certain app makes me, like, my whole body cringe and stuff sometimes. And I just have to walk away. But how do you handle that? I mean, you're online constantly. You have to be because of what you do. So I, I made a rule for myself. Now, I, in my mind, and I have to say this as a disclaimer before I make I say what I'm going to say. Twitch is a different thing for me. Twitch, yeah, Twitch is 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 a, is a community of people, which can be toxic sometimes yep. if you're in if you're in the 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 you know certain streamers chat rooms. But for the most part, if we're talking percentages and uh, ratios, the ratio of positivity to negativity on Twitch far outweighs Absolutely. any other social platform. That's that's why I, I love Twitch. So having said that, my rule for Instagram and Twitter um, and Facebook is that I don't spend any more time on those platforms than I do planning. The, the, I, I, how do I explain this? The, the rule is don't spend any more, spend the same amount of time on those platforms that you do planning the posts that you're going to make on those platforms. Mm-hmm. So if I spend 30 minutes coming up with, you know, uh, a post or I'm like editing a video or whatever, you know, I'm not saying I just sit there and go, okay, what do I need to post today? Even though sometimes that's, that's what happens. <laughs> um, like I don't spend any more time just absentmindedly scrolling than I did planning for that post. So like, I never want to be just scrolling and looking at other people's lives more than I spent trying to be creative about my own postings. Yeah, that that's a good, that's a good, that's a good rule. I, I, I should probably do something like that. It's, that's it's, the only standing ovation I've ever gotten in a class. <laughs> I wrote that rule on the whiteboard and like somebody stood up as a joke and started clapping and the and rest of the stood up. It was awesome. <laughs> I love that. That's very nice. Uh, no, that, it's it's good advice, man, because it's like you really do have to um, put limits on it. And and I'm terrible at that. I'm terrible at limits. My And my wife's constantly giving me shit, as she should, as she should be giving me shit. You know, it's just like you're constantly communicating with people, and then it's like by the end of the day, you're so like emotional, like like because it does, it drains you emotionally, it gets you all worked up, and at times, and which I, I stopped letting it do that because there's, I mean, you could be commenting on someone's post entire day, right? Like you could just be in an argument sure. with somebody. I, have you ever been in an argument on Facebook? Do you let it get to that point? Have you ever let it get to that point? I'll say first, uh, MMA marks. I totally agree. And what I'm saying, I want to differentiate what I'm saying from uh, like interacting with content creators. 
Absolutely. Totally for that. That is positive interaction. I'm talking about absentmindedly scrolling. Like, like looking at, man, they're coming for you, bro. They're coming for you. <laughs> not this time. Not this time. I no, actually, people like, are actually happy to hear us today. Go ahead, please. Nice, nice. No, like just absentmindedly scrolling. It's a uh, black game strong. Oh, dude. So yeah, you've uh, like, if you can, if you can actually get to the point where you make your feed, just the people you want to see and just the creators and the family members and friends that you want to interact with. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, now, as far as getting in arguments on social media, absolutely. I have, um, I've been accused of whitewashing. I've been accused of, uh, I've been called terrible, terrible names. And, um, it's just something that comes with putting yourself out there. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, man, there's, there's a lot of different philosophies you can have about haters. One of my favorite, there's this gospel artist, Jonathan McReynolds, who said that haters are just an extension of your own, um, you know, your own, uh, inferiority complex, right? Mm -hmm. Like that you could, you could say that because people talk about haters and they don't actually have any haters. It's just their own, you know, fear of inadequacy. But, but when you actually do end up getting trolls and haters and stuff in your chats and on your videos and everything, you're doing something right. Mm. You're like, you're moving people, you're giving them emotion. So, you know, like that's why, that's how I try to look at it. Cause, um, my, my band, like they've, they've dealt with racism their entire life. So like, I can't, I can't sit here and be like, Oh man, that hurt my feelings that you call me, you, you know, you call me that word. That's not actually that hurtful to me (laughs) when we've been driving through Mississippi and my band have to act like they're asleep when we get pulled over by a cop. Like, you know, man. Oh, so there's, there's like, there's like, there's real, there's real life. And then there's, you know, yeah. Getting trolled and getting into an argument on Facebook. No, I dude, I just block people. Yeah, block, block. Yeah. Band hammer. Ban- just lay the band hammer later, dude. Later. Later. Yeah. I'm I'm all about that too. You know, you mentioned, you know, getting getting uh told that you're whitewashing and maybe appropriation might have come across your page one time mm-hmm. or another. How do you uh how do you reckon that? How do you reckon that? Um, I mean, like, I, I'm not, I'm not judging you at all, but like, how do you personally take that and, and you reckon that? I suppose it's, it's always from a place of. There's no way that I can justify, the, hatred, and um, gosh, atrocities of my ancestors. It's just not something that I can ever fix or uh, give compensation for. It's just not something that's within my lifetime to do. Um, it's it's bigger than that. So I just do my best to put positivity out there, man. Like that's that's all I'm trying to do. And if somebody thinks that I am that I'm stealing from the black community, um, it's only because I heard the song when I was at daycare getting raised by these amazingly strong black women when I was, you know, four and five years old, hearing Jodeci play like at the daycare because my parents were at work and I was there for seven or eight hours. And it's just like, that's, it's the music that I grew up on. It's, it's really, it's hard to deny your past and who, who you are deep, deep, deep down. 
Like I, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I am working my hardest to put, to out, outdo all that hate and man, it's become really hard lately, but to squish that hate with as much love and patience as I possibly can. And I'm not talking about the people that, you know, accuse me of cultural appropriation. I'm saying the people out there who are actually putting hatred into the world, like the only way that we can defeat that is with unconditional love. Mm -hmm. Just, you just, you just, some people, man, some people just need a hug guys. (laughs) Like I wish they could just come into chat and get a hug, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. It's always, it's always a tough thing, Mike. It really oh, I'm is. sure. I'm sure, man. I'm sure. And, and to that shit, it's like, to me, I'm just like, fuck those people who are like appropriation music. Again, music and art has always been a, 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 a something has broken boundaries. When you look back to, uh, back in, in the day within the swinger and jazz era, you have the mixing of races, uh, they've always led the way. Music has always led the way in this bullshit. And this is this is all of our music. This is American music. Yeah. This is what we're doing, man. I, I, I well, just call bullshit. I, I get it. I get it that it comes from the blues. And, and I, I give all the props to, to Robert Johnson and B.B. King and all, all the greats. I give all the props. But this is, this, is a, this is a very timely conversation since today is MLK's birthday. And, happy um, birthday, MLK. Being, being from uh, – happy MLK day. Uh, but being from Memphis, uh, this is one of the cities where it, it's kind of a, a keystone within the civil rights movement. And so I have been around uh, – I've been around the civil rights struggle and the story of the black community my entire life. And I have like, I have so much more to learn, but when it comes to the, uh, man, I just want to make everybody's life better. That's it. Like the band and I try to give back as much as possible. Um, you know, we do, we do work for the deaf community. We do work, uh, within schools here in Memphis that, uh, have students that struggle more than others. Maybe, maybe some that don't have, um, full families or parental support, um, or, you know, it, it's, there's so much, there's so much opportunity to give back in Memphis, um, within all communities that, uh, we, we try to, you know, as much as we can. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, fuck them for saying appropriation. It's all of us, dude. It's all of us. We're all in this shit together, man. We've always, as artists, we've always broken boundaries together. So we're hand in hand fucking shit up. Uh, let's see. Why- Hold on. What is my wife saying? What, what is happening? I don't what flavor is you? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, they're, they're like they're like Mike and Nick are having their conversations too serious. We got to talk about chapstick. This is what happens. <laughs> it's like as soon as the conversation steers in the hard direction, it's like, what about the chapstick? You guys remember the chapstick? Hey, what about the banana? You guys remember when the banana was a thing? <laughs> what? Oh well, Willow wants to know what the obsession is with bananas. Ha ha ha. It wasn't. It wasn't mine. Like it wasn't mine at all. I don't. I don't have an obsession with bananas. I don't really eat them very often. I had this shaker that is my wife's, hey. and uh, she had it. Lena, I don't know when you got this, um, but I kind of just brought it into my studio room, and I was in here on Twitch one day, and I was like, "Oh, I need a shaker on a song." Just sat it, and somebody went banana, and I was just like, "Okay," and then you know, 
then it turned into it turned into this. <laughs> now I have a banana suit. You know, like. <laughs> uh, wait a second, Nick. Do you have wireless in ears? Yeah, I've got a Bluetooth in. How? Is is that what you have in when you're streaming too? No, no, no. I use. Uh, I, I'm going like right now. I'm going directly into my computer, got and uh, I have an interface that I use when I'm streaming. I got you. I got you. I was just like, damn, those in ears. Because uh, we're looking for a good in ear for streaming for Reyna because she's always moving around and stuff. She just wants to be untethered, but it's it's. Hard. Dude, I'll send you a link. I'll send you a link. Tight. I'll send you a link. Please do. Yeah. Um. Uh. Uh. Well. Uh. By the way, can I just say? And I know in an interview, like I'm not supposed to like ask you questions and stuff or like comments on Dude, your life, but not? like your wife has one of my favorite voices oh, wow. on Twitch. Period. Oh. Well, we share like, something in common, sir. Dude, she's one of my favorite voices on Twitch too. Oh my god! I just I had to say that because there's no real rules here, Nick. (laughs) As you can see, well, I'm saying anybody that can just sit there and play like ukulele or guitar or something and just sing and and just sound beautiful. That's oh man. Well, you could do it as well, sir. You you you're very you're very talented in that department as well. Um, And then, of course, what was your flavor of chapstick? Oh, my wife answered it. It's mint. Oh, it's oh, a. It's a. Um, it's as you can as you can see. This is. Uh, this has been. Hold on. Let me see if I can cover my eyes. There. It's been through the wash. Uh, oh. Okay. But it's yeah. I think it's mint flavored peppermint. Yeah. Peppermint bird like bees. Vegan or vegan chapstick. <laughs> vegan chapstick. I, I love it. I love it. No bees were harmed in the making of that chapstick. Nick Black music. How can people get a hold of you? What What do you got coming up next? What's going on? Please tell us. Well, I'm going to be streaming in about 50, about 45, 50 minutes here okay. uh, over on my channel, Nick Black Music. And um, let's see, the next thing we've got coming up, um, we're on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Nick Black Music. All my social handle handles are Nick Black Music, and uh, we'll be releasing Twitch number one in March. So be on the lookout for that, guys. Make sure that you are... Uh, following on social media and we've got a discord too you know all, all the stuff that everybody you know all the stuff everybody has but man mike you're 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 a dope human being you know that oh right? thank you um well uh, i appreciate that i'm not sure how much i believe it but i'm starting to i'm starting to believe that i can have capability of being dope <laughs> i'm starting to believe it you definitely do. You definitely, and actually, yeah, we're about to hit a follower goal, so we've got a, we do have a, a, a music video coming up pretty soon. It's, it's just a, you know, a, a, a fun thing, but should be, should be fun. All right, Nick, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. That was fun. Yeah, brother. That was. Really- that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nick, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I hope that you had a good time. And uh, I, I know I did. I hope that anybody listening had a good time. I know you did. No. Go follow Nick Black Music on all the socials. Go check out his website. Go go click in the show notes and just give Nick Black some love. All right? Go give him some love. 
and thank you nick for sending over that tune i really appreciate you uh sending over an unreleased song uh priceless and if you missed it which i don't know how you did it's right at the top of the show go, go listen to it again uh that is unreleased and currently unavailable and uh it, you know to to purchase or to stream so i appreciate that exclusivity <laughs> i told nick i was like you got these songs that aren't released yet that won't get me dcma'd um if not i'll just go on your youtube and just rip a, the audio off there which is what i do now because i i'm the 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 copyright laws are you know starting to get starting to get crazy and i don't want the podcast to have to do anything more than it has to than other other than exist which means i don't want to have to go back and edit out any songs which i can feel it it's gonna happen (laughs) i'm gonna be very upset when it happens but it'll most likely happen but hey we're not doing shit until they tell us so and by then it'll be too late and they'll deplatform me all right i'm not gonna go there i'm not gonna send my head into that tailspin go to reinamystique.com r-e-i-n-a-m-y-s-t-i-q-u-e and check out uh, her website it's fun over there she also streams on twitch three days a week monday or excuse me tuesdays and thursdays and saturdays all roughly around 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also go check out We Speak English Good on Twitch as well. Twitch.tv slash We Speak English Good. Come and be part of the conversation. Come and see what all the fuss is about. I don't know how much fuss there is, but come see about the fuss. Lots of fuss going on. You can like, subscribe, review. Like us on all the social media platforms they're in the show notes go click around you can you can subscribe to us on apple itunes spotify anywhere you get your podcast and you can leave a review for us on apple itunes or anywhere you can leave a review it's very helpful for us to be found and it's a very free way for you guys to support the show uh you can also come on over to twitch and subscribe there that helps monetarily and you can support our sponsors like modedstudios.com and we're gonna have some more sponsors coming up here in the coming weeks so any kind of support to our sponsors or 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 any anything to the show is so much appreciated and i just you know i love you guys it's been it's i i say it all the time but i just appreciate everyone coming through hanging out and uh listening to the show i mean it's still it's still confounding to me that people come here every week twice a week now and still download this podcast so it's it's strange but it's appreciated it's only strange because I'm insecure. <laughs> All right. That's enough out of me. I got to get ready to do some modding for, for Reina's stream. So I'm going to go do that. And uh, I hope that you guys have a great weekend. Be safe out there. If you're in Texas, welcome to freedom, I guess. Uh, wait, no. Texas, you guys aren't getting... When does the mask come off? I was just like, I'm just like, you know what? Go Texas, go Mississippi, go Michigan. Just let's just let's just do it. Let's just fuck it. We're just gonna. <laughs>
take off mask and go full speed ahead. I it, look. I'm not an anti-masker. I'm not. I'm all about masks. You want to double up masks? Wear three masks, and then wear three condoms when you're fucking your wife. Whatever. I don't care. Do it all. But eventually, we're gonna have to get back at it. And so. I'm over here in Ohio. We're still kind of like, I mean, we've eased up restrictions and we haven't seen any kind of real spikes or anything like that. So I'm saying, I'm saying, let's just see how it goes in Texas and Mississippi. (laughs) Let them be the guinea pigs because I mean, we do got to get back to it, man. We got to get back to it. There's just, this is the biggest consolidation of small businesses in American history. That is nuts. Our, our, the fate of our country uh, economically is in the hands of these corporate fucking icy cold doll, dog-eyed corporate fucking masters. And meanwhile, our main streets are going to be shuttered closed while Target and Walmart just fucking rage forth. It's just, it seems a little shitty. <laughs> seems a little shitty. But we don't have to go there. It's not It's not important for us to be constantly talking about it. We can just talk about music and mental health forever. And that's what we'll do. And then we'll talk about other crappy things. Look, this is going downhill. I, I gotta go. <laughs> this, is, this is going downhill quick. Alright. I love you guys. Be good to your fellow human beings. HJ's for everybody. Uh... So uh, today, remember, just tune into the live stream, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Wonky Tonk. And uh, we got a lot of great shows coming up. So stay in the now. All right, folks. Peace.